So what's real? What's true? Where's the clarity in the chaos? We live in a world that is full of unclear messages. And especially around Christmas, it's hard to discern what's the real point of Christmas. What is the clear, true point? So I consulted some um, not-so-reliable sources. Uh, The Grinch. And the Grinch said, He puzzled and puzzled till his puzzler was sore. Which is just a fun line to bust out every once in a while. Um, Then the Grinch thought of something he hadn't before. Maybe Christmas, he thought, doesn't come from a store. Maybe Christmas, perhaps, means a little bit more. So according to the Grinch that stole Christmas, it just means a little bit more than than presents from the store. Okay, not getting any clearer. Uh, the Muppets, Muppets Christmas Carol, for those of you who were at the theater with us the other night, or if you've just seen it, there's a song that says, it's in the singing of a street corner choir. It's going home and getting warm by the fire. It's true. Wherever you find love, it feels like Christmas. So if you just feel love, that's Christmas. According to the Muppets, anyway. Uh, Ellen Griswold, Christmas Vacation, Said this, well, I don't know what to say except it's Christmas and we're all in misery. Okay, there's, there's one meaning of Christmas. Uh, Kate McAllister, the mom on Home Alone. Said this is Christmas, the season of perpetual hope. And I don't care if I have to get out on your runway and hitchhike. It costs me everything I own. If I have to sell my soul to the devil himself, I'm going to get home to my son. Okay, maybe it's about family. I, I think that's what she's saying. Uh, the next one doesn't need any introduction. I don't want a lot for Christmas. There's just one thing I need. I don't care about the presents underneath the Christmas tree. I just want you for my own. You have to sing it, right? More than you could ever know. Make my wish come true. Yeah, different key, but thank you for going going with me. I do appreciate that. Um, Mariah Carey, okay? It's about romance, apparently. According to her. But joking aside, what's, what's the real point of Christmas? What's the good news of Christmas? Well, it's found in Luke chapter 2. So if you do have a Bible, I'd love for you to turn there with me. We're going to look at Luke 2 today, 8 through 12. And the real point is actually found in Luke chapter 2, verse 11. And it's that verse backwards. It's this. It's that Christ the Lord is the Savior born for you. Christ the Lord is the Savior born for you. So in in the middle of a culture that's full of all sorts of messages on Christmas and all sorts of unclarity about all sorts of things, we can be sure this is what Christmas is all about. So let's read Luke chapter 2, verse 8. It says, In the same region there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them. And the glory of the Lord shone around them. They were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring good news of great joy that will be for all the people. And verse 11, For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord, and this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. Verse 11, Unto you is born this day in the city of David, a Savior is Christ the Lord. Christ the Lord is the Savior born for you. That's the point. That's the real meaning of Christmas. And we're doing this Advent series. And I was wondering what Advent meant 
So I looked it up, and I looked up a bunch of other Christmas terms that we've already even sung this morning. So I want to bring some clarity to those. So I have some Advent for dummies, calling myself one because I didn't know these. So here we go. Advent just means just means coming. It's the time that Jesus came to Earth. Okay. Um, so Noel means Christmas. Uh, I thought it meant night. Doesn't mean night. It's not the first night. It's the first Christmas when you're singing the first Noel. Um, Gloria in Excelsis Deo, it's Latin. It's, it's a name, or sorry, it means glory to God in the highest. It's what the angels sing in Luke chapter 2 to the shepherds. And then lastly, Emmanuel is a name of God in Isaiah 7. Uh, he is called that, and it just means God with us. God with us. So now you know, if you forget, Google's still around. Um, but looking back at Luke chapter 2, we see in, ver- in verse 10... Uh, the phrase that the angel says to the shepherds as the base for our series. And last week, uh, Eric Smith did a good job walking through the first phrase, fear not. And so if you struggle with fear at all, uh, and you miss that message, you, you really do need to go back and listen to it. But today we're going to talk about fear not, good news. We're gonna, what is the good news? And the good news is this. Like I said, Luke 2.11, Christ the Lord is the Savior born for you. So let's break this part. Christ the Lord. Christ. Christ means anointed one or Messiah. Anointed means chosen. So he's the chosen one. Chosen as what? Chosen as the prophet, the priest, and the king. So as you look at the Old Testament, we see that a lot of the Old Testament is taken up by these guys called prophets. And prophets were just God's mouthpiece. Now a lot of people think, when they hear prophecy or prophets, they think uh, they're, they're telling of the future. They're telling what's going to happen. And sometimes they do that. But not necessarily. They're just God's mouthpiece. They're speaking for God. So there's whole books of the Bible devoted to this. But we see one specific Old Testament prophecy. And this one is looking forward to the future. In Deuteronomy 18.15 it says, The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me. So like God from among you. From your brothers, it is to him you shall listen. We know that this is looking forward to Jesus. He is the Christ, which means he is the prophet. He's the prophet that the prophets foretold about. But he's not just the prophet, he's the priest. In the Old Testament priests would offer animal sacrifices on behalf of the people for their sins. But the Christ, the chosen one, the Messiah, Jesus, is the priest. Not just because... Uh, He offered sacrifices. He became the sacrifice. He offered himself as a sacrifice for all sin, once for all. And he is the king. Now, the Old Testament is full of terrible kings. Okay, you want to read some drama. You want to read about uh, some, some, some terrible kings. Pick up 1st, 2nd Samuel, 1st and 2nd Kings. They actually are a really fun read, but they're full of terrible guys in charge. Okay, terrible kings of Israel. And we see in the Old Testament, though, one of the, one of the best kings, David, even he screwed up. And we see in the passage we're going to look at in Isaiah 9 today, we're going to look at that a little bit. It talks about the throne of David. And here in Luke 2.11, it says in the city of David. So um, David is significant. David was a good king, but he eventually committed adultery. He eventually murdered someone in order to cover up his mistakes. David was... A man after God's own heart, but he still failed. And God promises 
to David in David's lifetime, hey, there's a better king that will not fail that's coming. Second Samuel seven thirteen, God says to, to David, I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. Verse 16, your house and your kingdom, David, will endure forever before me. Your throne will be established forever. He's talking about the Savior, the King, the Messiah, the Christ, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. He's not just a Christ. He's not just an anointed one, a Messiah, a prophet, a priest, or a king. He's the prophet. He's the priest. He is the King. He's the Christ. Now, did the shepherds really understand that? Probably not in those terms. But they certainly understood and were amazed when this angel says, Hey, this is Christ the Lord. But this was the Messiah. And even if they didn't quite understand the significance of the Messiah coming and him being the Christ, they were still in wonder. And you see this in verse 9. It says, The glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were really afraid. Now, these are, these are rough and tough shepherds. They don't get scared by much, okay? Wolves are coming. Lions are coming after their, their flocks. They don't get scared by much. They've seen it all. But yet, they are really afraid. And here's why. This is the glory of the Lord. Now, if you've ever seen the show Touched by an Angel, okay? It's nothing like that show, okay? Late 90s, early 2000s, something like that. Some person would walk alongside another person, go through stuff, and they'd help them out a little bit, sometimes supernaturally. And then at the end, they go, I'm an angel. And this little light would appear on their head. And then they just disappear. Um, nothing like that. Okay? This is the glory of God. God's essence. God's light shining all around these shepherds. This glory, this light was known to kill people in the Old Testament. So that's why they were so afraid. And they were, they were moved to their knees in awe and wonder. And so they hear, wow, this is the Christ. That even makes their wonder even, even more amazing. They're like, what is going on? Christ the Lord. And the second part of that, Christ the Lord. What does that mean? It means that he's God. That's the translation of the Hebrew word Yahweh. And used in the Old Testament as the personal name of God. Christ the Lord. So I want to spend a little bit of time in Isaiah 9, verse 6. And keep in mind as I read this. Isaiah was written 700 years before Jesus was born. So if you're a little skeptical of this book, the Bible, here's the thing. This describes Jesus to a T. I don't know what to do with that, but go, this must be true. This must be 100% reliable, the Bible. So here we go. Isaiah 9 verse 6. 700 years before. For to us a child is born. To us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor. Mighty God. Everlasting Father. Prince of Peace. Christ the Lord. He's the Wonderful Counselor it says. He's the Counselor of Counselors. If you've ever gotten good counsel from someone. This is better than any counsel you could ever get from anyone. And he doesn't need to even need a counselor himself or any counsel or wisdom from anyone. He just has it. He's the Lord of all wisdom. And he's always had it. Wonderful counselor. Mighty God. He's the Lord of all strength. He has all strength. And it takes no effort for him to just lift a finger. An everlasting father. 
I thought we were talking about the Son. I thought we were talking about Jesus here. Well, he's not confusing the Son with the Father. There's a, there's a few ways to make sense of this. Jesus is fatherlike to us in his relationship with us. Yet, Jesus is the Father, is the Son, is the Father. Okay, I'm not going to get super in-depth with trying to explain the Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, three in one. But it's not wrong to call the Son the Father and the Father the Son. And then, really, the only one qualified to reveal the Father to us is Jesus. Jesus is God in the flesh, the Father in the flesh to us. And then everlasting Father. He's the Lord of all time, but yet He's personal. He's everlasting. He's, from, he's always been and always will be, but He is personal. He is Father. And so that term, Father, might not mean much to you or might mean something terrible to you, but this is, put those things out of your mind. He is the everlasting Father. He is, he is the perfection of what it means to be Father. Christ the Lord. Even the most uneducated shepherd knew that this was the promised one. And we today know that he is the promised prophet, priest, king, wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father. So I want to challenge you this Christmas. If you're able to pick up the little baby Jesus in a nativity. I say if you're able to because sometimes mom doesn't like that or whatever, but... Um, If you can, otherwise just look at it, but look at little baby Jesus in the manger and be amazed. I mean, certainly you've experienced Christmas before and you know, yeah, okay, it's about Jesus in the the manger or whatever. You have some sort of clue that that's what's going on, but but be amazed. This This is Christ the Lord. This is the chosen one, the anointed one, prophet, priest, king, mighty God, God as a baby. When you see a little baby in a feeding trough. Wow. God humiliated himself. To that point for me. And if you have the opportunity to hold. A baby. Especially newborn. But, or just, just hold a child. I was, I was holding our one and a half year old. Ian the other day. And was thinking about this. Jesus. God himself. Was that age at some point. Which puts all sorts of questions in my head. right? But, but just stop and wonder and be amazed. Wow. Wow, that's how amazing Jesus is. That's how amazing Christmas is. That's, that's the reason for the season. So stop, pause, do that this Christmas season. But the last phrase in here, in Isaiah 9, 6, he says he's the Prince of Peace. And that leads us to the next part of this good news. Christ the Lord is the Savior. He's the Savior. He's the Prince of Peace. The next verse in Isaiah 9, verse 7 of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. He's the Savior. He's the Savior. And we're saved from something and we're saved to something. Jesus saves us from injustice. It says that in verse 7. Of Isaiah 9. It says he'll establish his kingdom and uphold it with justice. Now let me tell you a little bit about injustice going on in Isaiah's day. The 
the king of Judah, God's people, Ahaz, was corrupt. He was disobeying God. He was distrusting God. He was making deals with other nations that God told him not to. And then several nations were threatening to attack God's people and eventually did. And God's people themselves were addicted to idol worship. So there was all sorts of injustice going on in Isaiah's day. So when he writes this and goes, hey, there is going to be peace. And he's going to establish justice. You better believe that brought them some hope. But now we see it fulfilled. Luke comes around and tells us about Jesus being born. But what about the injustice in Luke's day when he wrote that? Well, there was constant struggle in power between Jews and the Romans who were in charge. And the Romans themselves even put the high priest, who is the leader of the Jews, he put, they appointed the high priest, which should have never happened. And they also gave him power to do things that were outside the law, outside of what the Old Testament said that the high priest should be able to do. So just a level of corruption that would have been unthinkable at that time. And that's just a few cases of the injustice going on in Luke's time. But what about today? What about 2019? Any injustice going on in our world? You might be like, well, you want me to tell you about things going wrong in the world, Matt? You got some time? I mean, the, the weather, have you seen? I mean, have you been to my family's Christmas? Um, do you, have you turned on the news? I mean, you see all the injustice going on around us? Anything political, I'm not going there. I'm just saying, no matter where you stand, we're just injustice, injustice, it seems. It's just what's going on, chaos in our world. And here's why. It's our instincts to just go off when people are like, what's wrong with the world? People don't even have to ask us that, right? And we just, we just want to go off. Here's what's wrong with the world. Here's why. It takes you and I out of the spotlight and puts the blame and the spotlight on somebody else so that we don't have to deal with the greatest injustice, which is our own sin. See, first and foremost, Jesus came to be the Savior of our sin. The injustice of our own sin. An angel who appeared to Joseph in the Christmas story in Matthew one twenty one says, Jesus, your son, he will save his people from their sins. That's why Jesus came. To save us from the injustice, first and foremost, of our own sin through Jesus who was born in order to die, in order to rise from the dead, to defeat sin and all injustice. And yes, one day, all injustice is going to be made right. Forevermore, it says in Isaiah 9-7. All wrongs will be made right, but it needs to start with us. We need to start with the finger pointed at us this Christmas season. And which makes us just look to Jesus. Because without Him, we're with no hope. Because we ourselves are unjust. We are saved from injustice. We are saved from our sin. And we are saved to something. We're saved to peace. Remember that last phrase in Isaiah 9, 6. Prince of peace. We're saved to peace. We're saved to relationship. And right now, that means peace with God. Jesus was the Prince of Peace by restoring the most broken relationship there is. And you might be like, I've got some broken relationships, okay? 
Let me tell you about him. I'm like, no, this is the most broken relationship. And that's the relationship between God and humans. So I want you to imagine for a second, or not imagine, I want you to think of someone right now that you're at odds with in some sort. In some way, someone that you just have some problems with. And maybe, maybe you don't have anyone right now. That would be great. Maybe it's someone in your past. Think about, go back to that and, rem- and remember that for a second. And I want you to imagine that suddenly you and that person were just all good. But what if it went further than that? What if it was your fault that you were at odds with them? Maybe it is. And they just stopped by one day and said, I forgive you. I know you did this to me, but I forgive you. I mean, that'd be pretty incredible. But what if what you did to them was actually just you put them in a lot of financial debt? Like you purposely did something to put them in financial debt. And they stopped by and said, hey, I forgive you, but I also paid off all of that debt. And I'm not holding it against you. It's all good. But what if it went further? What if they then said, hey, let's hang out? This is what Christ did to bring us peace with God. He initiated. He paid the debt. He pursued relationship. We are saved to peace. To relationship with God. Peace with God. Because he's the prince of peace. The last part of this good news. Christ the Lord is the Savior born for you. So let's start with the shepherds. Looking back at Luke chapter 2. He was born for shepherds. These shepherds in Luke 2, they were rough and tough guys. Okay? They're not the type that are, that's going to make up fantasies about angels and the Messiah coming. In fact, they were probably the hard to convince type. The prove it to me type. And what incredible evidence that the Christmas story is not just a story. It is true and reliable. That the Bible is true and reliable. Because if I was God, I would have had the angels go to the upper class. Some kings. Okay, I would have had, I would have had them first appear to someone who was really something in the culture. But no, the angel goes to shepherds. They were low, they were low in status in society. They weren't even allowed to testify in court. They were uneducated. They were unskilled um, according to the... The Jews into the law, they were unclean. They worked seven days a week. They certainly weren't celebrating and observing the Sabbath. Ironically, they were probably raising the very animals used for sacrifices in the temple. Yet. Yet. Jesus was born for them. I mean, what an upside down kingdom. Why not appear to royalty or at least the middle class? Why not appear to priests or at least devoted Jews? They were born for shepherds, which means Jesus was born for anyone. If he was born for shepherds, he was born for anyone. The shepherds dropped everything and believed. So if you're here today or you're hearing this and you're skeptical about this whole Christianity thing, you're welcome here. And I'm glad you're here. You're just kind of unconvinced. I want you to just take into account here that these shepherds, prove it to me type guys, had the glory of God show up in their life and boom, they're on their knees. They're on their way to Bethlehem worshiping. 
they believed the good news. And so I challenge you. Maybe you don't even have all your questions answered. I'd love to help you answer some of your questions. But don't wait till all your questions are answered. Believe this. Because it is true. Christ the Lord is the Savior born for you. For you. And if so, for shepherds, for anyone. And so I want to share something Jesus said. Later in his life, in Luke chapter 4, verse 18, he's quoting Isaiah 61. He says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me to proclaim good news to who? The poor. He sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind. To set at liberty those who are oppressed. To proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Verse 21, Today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. Did you catch all those? I mean, God's plan from the beginning is that anyone, especially the poor, especially the oppressed, the captives, the blind, the broken. He came for you and I, for anybody. It's an upside down kingdom. The first shall be last. The last shall be first. And this isn't good news for me or you. This is great news for you and me. Ordinary, jacked up, undeserving, broken, sinful people like you and I. He's born for us. So maybe you're struggling this Christmas season. Maybe you're, you really are. You read those things in Isaiah or in Luke 4, 18, 19. Yeah, I am poor. Like literally, financially, I'm poor right now. Maybe that's you. Jesus is born for you. Maybe you're emotionally just feeling bankrupt or relationally just feeling bankrupt. Spiritually just poor. Guess what? Jesus is born for you. Maybe you're held captive to something. Maybe you're held captive to fear or anxiety or addictions or loneliness or boredom. Jesus is born for you. Maybe you're blind. Maybe you're, you're blind like all of us to what's coming. But you feel especially anxious about, I don't know what's going to happen next in life. Or maybe you're just blind to some sin that you just got exposed. And you're like, what do I do with that? Jesus is born for you. He came for you. Even you. Even me. Maybe you're feeling oppressed by somebody else. Maybe you're feeling oppressed by your circumstances, by your schedule this time of year. So much going on. Jesus is born for you. Okay, but Matt, you don't understand. Christmas is not good news for me this year. Well, I can promise you this. If that's you, I can promise you this. Jesus will save you from your circumstances someday. If you've believed in Him, if you follow Jesus, if you believe this message, that Christ Lord is the Savior born for you, but also died for you and rose from the dead for you, if you believe that, if you are a follower of Jesus, you can be 100% sure that you will be saved from whatever circumstances you're in right now, whatever oppression, whatever, whatever poverty you're in, someday you'll be saved from that. And if you are not, I beg you, I don't say this to scare you, but I say it because it's true. I beg you to follow Jesus today, to believe that simple message, profound message that will change your life because you are not guaranteed tomorrow. 
Jesus could come back before I get done with this message today. And you will be held accountable for, the, for the, this question. Did you believe in Jesus? What did you do with Jesus? But if you have believed in him. I can promise you this. That he is probably not going to save you from your circumstances this Christmas season. But he will save you through your circumstances this Christmas season. Do you know what I'm saying? He's the Prince of Peace who is in you and is with you. He will save you through whatever you're going through this Christmas season. So even if the police show up at Christmas again, even if dad doesn't show up, even if mom's a critical loudmouth again, even if your son is, un, is an ungrateful jerk, even if no one seems to care about you, even if you're feeling so deeply hurt this Christmas season because a loved one passed away, even if Christmas just floods your mind with painful memories, even if you feel alone in a crowd this Christmas, He will save you through those circumstances. He really is the Prince of Peace. Tap into Him this Christmas season. The good news is still good. The good news is still effective and still true, even if all of that happens, because Christ the Lord is the Savior born for you. And before we wrap up, I'm known for not being the biggest fan of Christmas. Why? Walmart. I'm kidding. I, I mean, I'm not. I, they start way too early with the Christmas decorations. But really, why, why am I not the biggest fan sometimes of Christmas? Here's why. Because I watch other people, myself sometimes included, I watch us get sucked into the excitement around Christmas And focus on the wrong things. So here's my challenge. Here's your challenge this Christmas season. It is to get excited at Christmas. We should get excited at Christmas. But not mainly because of the presents, kids. Okay? Although that's exciting. You should enjoy them. But not mainly because of the time off. If you get some time off. Although that's exciting. Not mainly because... You're with loved ones, although that, that can be exciting as well. Not mainly because of the memories, the cookies that you bake, the parties you go to, the cookies that you eat, the games that you play, the, the cookies that you eat some more of. Did I mention cookies? Like those. But get excited this Christmas, not because of that stuff, mainly. Get excited about that, but let that excitement, even the excitement in, in the presence and all of that, Let that excitement point you to the greatest joy there is. Get excited mainly for the good news this Christmas that is always good and always true. That Christ the Lord is the Savior born for you and you and me. Let's pray. God, thank you.